Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. What's up and welcome to episode 11. Today we're talking about driving culture and specifically it's linked to performance. I'm super excited about this one because I think I speak a lot about culture and I know it's a squishy subject, but it really doesn't matter what kind of culture we're talking about, whether it's a safety culture, a trauma-informed culture, a continuous improvement culture, an innovation culture, a performance culture. I just think that this is crux. It is critical. It is just the the focal point of where you know leadership should be spending its time because I think we spend our time in the wrong place. So when I'm working with teams, I'm really helping them get results that they weren't able to. And I think most importantly, people get excited about that because they're over a hump. But what I'm mostly interested in is helping them get consistent and sustainable results. Like that's the mother load for me because I think that's just elusive. I think I've talked about that before where it's just Day in and day out, year in, year out, being able to consistently get the kind of results you want, whether it's in your life or for your team, it's, it's tough. I think it takes work. Like, it's hard. Like, so I always say, you know, you just got to work because it works. But you have to also know what you're doing. And I spent a lot of time, you know, in, in my past uh, doing it wrong, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time and, and created a lot of fires doing it the wrong way. And, and I don't want others to make that mistake. Uh, and not that I still don't make mistakes today, but uh, I'm here today to really impart some of what I've learned. And my mission today is to share my thoughts on, on driving high performance and its connection to driving culture. And I mean driving culture, not wanting a culture or talking about a culture, but being on the field as a leader every single day, not in the stands, thinking about it, talking about it, worrying about it, um, analyzing it, evaluating it, wondering about it, but on the field every single day, you have a routine when you wake up and you step into your quote unquote office to drive culture. That's what we're talking about today. It's going to be killer. So I feel like I have a fairly unique view on this and maybe I don't, but it feels that way as I've been in lots of conversations uh, and read a lot and been in and out of many organizations. And I believe that the focus on performance must, M-U-S-T, must include a focus on continual improvement. Continuous improvement is an investment, in my opinion, in my perspective, in the current effectiveness and future sustainability of an organization. And I'm just going to pause there. I think it's an investment. And I didn't say in the efficiency, but the effectiveness of the future sustainability of an organization. And where this focus is placed is on constantly improving the value individuals and teams create for those they serve, whether it's the very next department and function internally or it's the externally facing customer. And the result of this ongoing attention to this investment is high performance. And I see high performance as the ability to deliver over a prolonged period of time, meaningful, measurable, and financially sustainable results for the people or causes that this organization is in existence to like serve, quite frankly. Uh, so let me just say that one more time. High performance, let me just say it more layman's term. It's, it's being able to get consistent and sustainable results over and over and over again. I'm just going to say it that way. And I believe that the key to high performance then is the conscious design and stewardship of organizational culture. 
And this requires placing special attention on the way an organization is going to operate in order to achieve consistent results. When it's an individual, it's not necessarily culture. It's about your value and it's about your process to get where you're going and it's about declaring a particular future. When it's an organization, you're talking about groups of people and it's just slightly different because you've got many voices and many different forms of people listening um, either to their own conversations or group conversations. So again, high performance is all about getting consistent and sustainable results over a long period of time. And the key to high performance is a focus on culture when it comes to teams. And when I say that, I'm really focusing on how we approach our work. Like that's really important to me. Are we clear on how we achieved a result and is it repeatable or not? So let's talk about culture for a moment because I feel like there's a ton of definitions for culture. I've read a few books on it. I've been in many classes about it. Um, And and when I say recently in getting ready for this podcast, I even started to Google it and, you know, I get lost in all of this thing. And here's where, you know, I just kind of came to is I don't want to pretend to have an expert opinion on a definition of culture because I think there are a lot of smarter people out there than me and have done a lot more research on this and really get it at depth than what I get. But here's what I see regardless of the various definitions, especially when when we're talking about workplace culture. Um, and, and this is it. I see the common thread between all the definitions is an emphasis on behavior. Like that's the outward expression of culture. It's not the only one, but it's, it's visible. It's how people show up. So you might, wear, you might work somewhere and the culture exists without a name or anyone calling it out daily, but you can see the outward expression of how people think or operate based on what they do, right? Like maybe they're late for meetings, maybe they speak up, or maybe they talk about issues, maybe they complain about issues, or maybe they gossip about issues, right? Those are three different ways that they deal with it, but you can see the outward expression of whatever the culture might be. And so that what I, that's what I think is really important here. So when I say a conscious design of culture, I'm really talking about the consciously designing um, aspect of how teams approach their work. So how they're behaving in terms of approaching the work. And I think that's what's key to high performance because you can have lots of different cultures. You can have a culture of collaboration or of safety and all of those things matter. But when I think about high performance in particular around continual improvement, I really do think it's about how teams approach their work because the nature of work is consistently changing. And if we're not thinking about how we approach it, uh, then our ability to adapt is going to suck. So that's how I think about it. And it was this... It's, I said it was unique because when I spend time with organizations, that's not what I commonly see practice. I don't see them putting attention on consciously designing how teams approach their work. I see them put their attention somewhere else. And typically, when I see performance improvement being taken on, in one, it's, it's usually in one of two ways. So it's either tool-based, so it's focused on tools, and I'll break that down here in a moment, or it's results-based. It's really focused on outcomes. I see that a lot in um, for-profit businesses, right, where everything's just about the result because, you know, it's either about expanding or dying, which makes some sense, right? So when I say tool-based, let me go back to that one. You might take on strategic planning, for example, or updating your technology. Um, These are tools. So a strategic plan is a tool. Software or hardware is a tool. Uh, A succession plan is a tool. Even training or having a best practice is a tool. 
And think about that. Think about the kinds of trainings that we have, communication, leadership style, conflict resolution. These are all tools and we often leverage these tools to achieve a result. And this model is super common and it's super logical and it's very workable, right? Most of us have experienced achieving some level of result, even really great results using this framework. So we've introduced a training and um, been able to actually get much better team performance, right? The problem is this model has limits and two in particular one the results usually don't last they're because they're built on things that don't last they're built on tools and tools are constantly changing so funding's changing markets are changing suppliers are changing your leadership is changing the technology changes um what else? customers partners are changing um your staff you are changing your staff are changing in and out of these processes so here's the deal organizations are not able to build lasting change on things that don't last and if high performance is about consistent and sustainable results but you're building how you achieve results on things that don't last, then it doesn't make any sense. So there's this tendency to focus on the what, the infrastructure, the planning, the technology, the systems, the best practices. There's this familiar sound to it, right? Like what we need is a strategic plan or what we need is better equipment or software or what we need is an integrated data system or what we need is evidence-based practices or what we need is more training. I, I can go on and on, right? But there's no doubt that these resources are important. Do not get me wrong. I do believe that they're important. However, none of them on their own can actually contribute to long-term sustainable performance. I mean, think about it. We all know this. Technology is only an enabler, right? Having more data and better technology is not going to guarantee that the organization becomes data-driven, nor does it really ensure that you know anyone frees up resource to focus on mission more. Or a strategy is only a hypothesis, quite frankly. So having a strategic plan will not guarantee that organizations become strategic. Or a best practice is excellent, but it's time-limited. So best practices are the best-known way to achieve a result today but they will not guarantee that staff are going to become experimental and innovative. And I think that's really important to understand because the impact of concentrating on practices or tools might leave us unsure about the source of our success. Because I think being able to quantify how we achieved a result is a powerful determinant of future performance. I'm going to say that again. Being able to quantify how we achieved a result is a powerful determinant of future performance. And for many of us, the relationship between how we performed and the result we achieved is invisible. So I think this is really important to really get for us is that organizations are not able to build lasting change on things that don't last. And here's the second thing that I think is wrong with you know having that particular framework and its limits anyways, is it Typically, that model of investing in tools and investing in just results, being results, it's just, it's too narrowly focused on results. It's focused on what you're trying to achieve. And what often gets missed is a focus on how you're going to achieve the results. And I don't mean the plan, I mean the framework your people operate from. So in most organizations, culture sits in the background of a leader's focus. It's, it's not a strategic activity we intentionally drive daily. Instead, it's more of a consequence and it emerges as you focus on tools and results. And I think that that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that it's not a strategic activity that's intentionally driven daily, but rather just a consequence. And a focus on tools and results isn't bad. It just isn't powerful enough to sustain consistent results over a long period of time. So because 
tools and, and people might have changed, what usually hasn't is the culture. And I'm going to say this next part slowly because I want to make sure I get this out right. How we achieve results is an indicator about the sustainability of those results over the long term. I think that's how I want to see it. So how we achieve results is an indicator about the sustainability of those results over the long term. And I think this is true at the personal level as well as the organizational level. Organizational culture isn't just an aspect of the game. I think it is the game. I truly do. I really believe the organizational culture is either on purpose or it isn't. You're either, you're, I mean, your your culture either fosters being data-driven or it doesn't. It either fosters being strategic or it does not. It either fosters being, let's say, process-focused or it does not. I mean, that's, I don't know else how else to think about it. Uh, you know, as my dad would say, the end, like that's it. And we know that in organizations, systems drive behavior. Like, that's something that we've learned, and I'll talk more about that here in a moment. However, most organizational systems just weren't created to explicitly drive culture. They were created to drive outcomes or results. So I feel now more than ever, we I really believe that organizations need systems designed to balance a dual purpose. And this is what I'm going to get into right now. I think that they should be designed to create meaningful results and develop innovative thinkers. I think both of those things need to be balanced on purpose. So my view is that the focus, you know, on team performance should be the conscious design of culture, as I mentioned earlier. And any conversation about culture is a conversation about behavior. It's about how people and teams approach their work. So I want to share three insights about the link between behavior and high performance. So one, first insight, consistent results require consistent behavior. So what I mean by that is the focus on the culture really needs to move from um, this thing being in the background and move it more to the foreground. And this means that the focus of leadership needs to shift from a focus on results to a focus on behavior. And I think that that's a big mind shift. Folks will say that they think about behavior, but I'm saying that that needs to move to the foreground. Sustainability isn't about what your teams are able to achieve. It's really about how they approach the achievement. That's the long-term game. So that's the first insight. Two, I really believe that beliefs and systems drive behavior. And here's where I want to you know, make a case. I believe that human behavior is heavily influenced by values. So we have values and they drive what we do. We have values that drive how we think and the thinking drives what we do. And in most organizations, they try to get people to align around and subscribe to values and you can hire to those values. And I think that that's fantastic. Uh, and, and the limit to that is that it's going to depend on your ability to be able to have people consistently aligned to those values, and that's tough. But here's what else we know based on research, is that in organizations, that's one way to do it. The other way that we know is that systems and structures play one of the greatest roles in driving behavior, right? So you ever notice that? Like I worked in an organization once where everyone was perpetually late for meetings. The meetings always started like five minutes late. And it wasn't necessarily because people had bad habits. At least I didn't think so. Maybe they developed them over time. But I really believe that it was something different when you look closely about it and everybody knew it, but nobody did anything about it, which also says something about culture. Meetings were scheduled to end at the top of the hour. So meetings would go from two to three and then the next meeting would start from three to four. And because 
meeting started right at the top of the hour and ended at the top of the hour and there was no travel time built in, then nobody was going to get anywhere on time anywhere. So that's an example of structure. Like that's what it was that was really driving the behavior. And herein lies one of the problems. Most systems aren't consciously designed. I think that's a huge problem. I feel like when you take a look at systems, they've just evolved over time. So they might not be driving the right behavior. And then two, I think most systems are typically built, if even if they are designed consciously at some point in time, they're only built to drive results, not necessarily behavior. So we've got these two issues where systems aren't consciously designed, they're kind of evolving over time, and then they're built to drive results and not behavior. And all we're focusing on is getting the result, but the long-term game is how people get results. That long-term game is important because it shouldn't matter what what for what person comes in and out of your organization. There is a framework around how we achieve results because A, that matters for the organization, and B, there's an investment in human beings that are giving up two, four, eight hours of their day or more to be with you to make a difference. And the most powerful thing you can give back to them is demonstrating how to create powerful results, if not for the organization, but for their own lives. So anyways, that's just a piece of how I see things. And the challenge is to design systems that create meaningful results and develop people and culture. So let me see if I can break this down. I have this one belief that consistent results require consistent behavior. And so that's pushing culture to the forefront instead of just results. Two, I really believe that beliefs and systems drive behavior. And so the focus then is on using systems and structures to drive behavior. So the third insight here is that principles then must inform consistent behavior. And I'm going to go more into principles in my next podcast, but let me just talk about it here. I believe that if we're trying to change behavior using systems, then we need to make sure that those systems are anchored to principles because principles are enduring. And I'm a big fan of what Stephen Covey has written and others. And I believe that principles really are the cornerstone, whether we know it or not, of how we operate. Um, And so for me, I think teaching people how to approach their work and being data-driven or being experimental or being strategic with their time and resources comes down to why they would do what they do. So what do I mean by principles? And I'm just going to give you a snippet here. Values are different than principles. Values govern your behavior. They govern, you know, maybe how you think and what you might do. So an example of a value might be teamwork. Teamwork doesn't apply in every single situation in our lives, right? And we can differ on what we think about uh, teamwork. Principles are like laws. They don't govern behavior. They govern consequence. So they're really objective. They're like law, like gravity. Me and you can have a totally different opinion about gravity, but we're going to have the same governing consequence if we step out a second story window. Boom. That's a principle. So how do you translate what I'm saying into a practice? Three things. One, I believe the role of the leader is to declare the culture that they want. Many folks have done that, right? You declare it, you co-create it, whatever that looks like. Just be intentional about it. I don't care if you're a classroom teacher and you're declaring the kind of culture that you want in your classroom and you want a classroom that's got a culture of curiosity and adventure. Awesome. Great. Declare it. Co-create it with your class. I don't care if you're a CEO of a larger organization and what you want is a culture of you know safety and innovation. Awesome. Declare it. You know, Just co-create it with your group. Two, leaders must describe what it looks like to live that culture. So what would people be doing? This is behaviors. And these behaviors can't just be things that everybody lives because 
that's not thinking about it well. It's not honoring how an organization is structured. You really need to think about what would leadership be doing? What would the leadership behaviors be? What would management be doing? What are the management behaviors? And what would frontline staff, your individual contributors, be doing? What do those behaviors look like? Because everyone is going to live in a different place in the organization. And so those behaviors to live that culture is going to live differently because of the access to power and resources and and the kind of roles and jobs people have is going to differ. So you have to make sure that you declare the culture and be able to, you know, succinctly describe what it means. Two, you have to be able to describe the behaviors and it can't be necessarily the same behaviors that cut across all people. It just doesn't work that way. If you think you can get away with that, then you fundamentally flawed with how you're thinking about this. And third, the next part is almost non-existent in an organization which is identifying which systems then, since systems drive behavior, which systems best drive this behavior. So I work with a lot of teams to build continuous improvement cultures and I have them declare it and what it means. And it might sound something like this. This is how it worked with one team. They wanted a continuous improvement culture. And so they said they want a daily team-based problem solving and experimentation. I think that's awesome. Great. What does that look like? They said processes are owned by those who do the work and they believe that improving the work is the work. Great. So people could really get behind that. They love the idea of processes being owned by people who do the work. They knew there'd be a journey to really turn over what that looked like. And then improving the work is the work. So that's the culture that they want. Next question was, help me understand how people would live that. So one of the behaviors that they called out at the um, team level would be at the, the staff level, problems and ideas are identified and made visible by teams daily. And small tests of change are run every day by every team with visible and meaningful recognition. Now, I want you to notice how they frame those behaviors. I'm going to read that again because I actually had to write this down because I could not remember what they had done. Problems and ideas are identified and made visible by teams daily. Small tests of change are run every day by every team with visible and meaningful recognition. I want you to get that how we came up with that is really important because what they're describing here is not a concept. It's observable. It's quantifiable. So living this behavior is something I can see. It's not, we're going to engage in teamwork and we're going to show respect. I can't see that. You cannot quantify that behavior. But what I can quantify is whether or not I can hear people showing and making visible ideas and problems and running small tests of change. Great. So now the role is to declare the culture. The second is to declare the behavior, which they just did. And then the last piece here is to figure out like which systems drive behavior. And so when you're thinking about this, especially, you know, identifying problems and ideas and running tests of change, three systems pop up to me. One is a recognition system. Do they have one? Two is a management system. So what is your system to manage things daily? And then three might be an improvement system since they're talking about running tests of change. This is what's awesome about it. You can begin to answer the question, do I already have these systems in place? And if I do, Am I already driving these behaviors? And if I'm not, I'm just refining the systems that I have. If I don't have the systems, then guess what? You're building systems. And that's what's awesome about this. So finally, we examine then what practices or routines would best embed the behavior. So let me just walk you through the scenario. Pretend a team has a daily stand-up meeting, a daily huddle. And at the huddle, the team is, is standing around, let's say, a board that shows how they're operating, how the team is performing for the day. And at the huddle, the leader might ask, okay, what are our plans for the day? Are there any known obstacles or issues, any risks to the plan? And just by asking that question and somebody raising their hand and saying, yeah, here's what's going on for today. And you know what? I don't have what I need to do my job. 
We are now identifying those problems. So again, problems and ideas are identified and made visible by teams daily. Now we're getting in the routine of identifying problems. Awesome, first behavior. So now we've identified some potential problems. Now the huddle leader might say, you know what? That's fantastic that we're starting to hear this. I'm sorry you have an issue. Let's write that up on our issue board. So now they're standing around a board. They're calling out whether or not we know what the plans are, any issues. They're raising awareness about problems and now they're making those problems visible. So thank you so much, Kathy, for bringing this up. You know what? I feel like this consistently happens to us where we're getting information requests where there's incomplete and inaccurate information. Would somebody be willing to follow up and learn more? Oh, awesome. Kevin, you would, right? And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and write that up on our, on, on our idea board. You know, Kevin is going to run an experiment this week. The experiment is going to go and learn more about why some of the incoming quality issues are happening. And Kevin, can you get back to us, you know, by Friday and let us know what you learned? Awesome. Okay, now pause right here. We talked about the behavior being problems and ideas are identified and made visible by teams daily. And I want you to notice what might be happening here. Now people are raising issues. Now we're making them visible. Now we're coming up with ideas. Now we're running tests. Maybe Kevin learned something and we might run a test the next week. We want Kevin to run that test and we all want to know that someone's running a test because you ever notice how sometimes somebody does their own thing and nobody else knows what's going on? We want everybody to be in the know and we're making this visible. And you know, you know what, Kevin and Kathy, thank you so much for bringing this up. Kevin, so much for running this experiment. I know that everyone's really busy and this is going to make a big difference for us. Now pause here for a moment and think about that. Now what we're doing is we're embedding this behavior of recognition and we might actually put like a good catch on Kathy's part or maybe at the end of the week we have like, you know, Mistake Monday or like um, Innovation Tuesday and we're gonna like be thanking people for coming up with good ideas and running experiments. Now we're making systems, we're making um, tests of change from our system run every day in every team and we're making problems visible. What's starting to happen here and what we've done as a leader is we've vertically aligned our declared culture, our declared culture of daily team-based problem solving and experimentation with our behaviors, which is problems and ideas are identified and made visible by teams daily. Small tests of change are run every day by every team with visible and meaningful recognition. And we've, we've been able to vertically align our culture, our systems, our routines and behaviors all the way down to the frontline level strategically driving culture or how you want people to reach for their results in a daily kind of way because culture is really a reflection of our daily experience and those daily experiences are typically influenced heavily by systems and structures and the system that we've embedded creates the opportunity for that to happen over and over and over again and in doing so we've also begun to horizontally integrate our systems horizontally integrate our recognition system with our management system with maybe an improvement system that didn't exist before which is now powerful this is really, really important for you to get because what we're doing here is creating this massive alignment to drive a daily experience. We're not hoping it happens. We're not talking about it. We're not wishing it would happen. We're not expecting people because we're all adults to just show up a certain way. We're not sending them to a training. We are creating through our systems and structure a daily experience to not only drive better results by managing our process, but driving the right behavior to get the culture that we want. This is how we balance, and I know it's kind of a simple example, but this is how we balance creating systems that drive meaningful behavior with meaningful results. And, and I think you really have to recognize that your people, they might be in the business of food distribution, of mental health service, of housing placement, of supply chain, of software development, etc. Staff should be focused on honing their practice but leaders are in a different 
business. They're in the business of system building and culture creation. And when they don't recognize that, they default to spending time getting pulled into crisis revolution, uh, resolution, getting pulled into direct service and constant problem solving. They, they get sucked into the wrong business, which is where they came from, which was frontline problem solving. And that's not really what they should be doing. Either you're driving your culture daily or it's driving you. The end. So that's what I think is really powerful for you to, to hopefully take away from today's episode. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and post a video. I don't know at what point in time you're going to listen to this podcast. It might be the very week it comes out. It might be two years from now. I'm going to post a video out there. You're going to find it on my LinkedIn profile. You can maybe find it on YouTube at some point in time. And I'm just going to walk through that example visually so you really get it because I want you to get this. I want you to see how this works because I want you to actually like you know, embrace the power of what this is. You're probably not too far off from this, but I just want you to see how you can actually drive culture. It blows my mind every time when a leader gets this, the power that they actually step into to actually now harness their systems to drive the culture that they want. Whereas before they had an idea about it or it was happening, it was happening haphazardly and um, instead now it's happening consciously. So that's your dose of thought revolution. I think I'm out of time, folks. I think I'm out of thinking. And here's what I know. I know you're committed to making a difference and I'm taking a stand for you, especially in this episode, that you make that difference instead of just making things work. I'm looking forward to blowing your mind next week when we talk more about key behavior indicators and I might get into principles. And key behavior indicators is all about quantifying culture. So tune in. All right, talk to you next time.